This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is the Aftershock Central Podcast, episode eight, with Martin and Jack. Hi. Ronnie's no longer part of this podcast. <laughs> He's been terminated. Yep. Life. About time. Now, he might still be hanging out in Joe's closet, actually. Yeah. So, uh, tonight we're going to talk about some, some stuff we promised for last week. But uh, we figured the Joe thing was better than talking about Super Zero. Yeah, that that was fun, man. Yeah. Talk to Joe. Yeah, it was good. And uh, I guess he's actually going to implement that letters page that he talked about in the podcast. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, if you want to send... What did he send... say? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to ask what the email address was. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. So if you want to send emails to the letters page, it'll be blackguidkids at gmail.com. Which that's cool. Yeah, oh yeah. And I guess he started a, Old. a Black Eyed Kids Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Old school letters page. Nobody does that anymore. No. Why not, dude? Uh, Rucka does. Greg Rucka. Yeah? On some stuff. I know he does on Lazarus. That book's been running for a while. And Rucka's old school, so. Yeah. I, I can't really think of anybody else I've seen do it lately. Yeah, I don't think so. That's too bad. I used to love reading the letters page. Dude. So if, if, if he's getting uh, letters for Lazarus and, and if he has enough letters to do a letters column, does that mean other people are getting letters and they're just like, well, screw it. I'm not reading this. <laughs> what are they doing with their letters? More than likely, yeah. I think, I think <laughs> the problem is uh, I think all these companies are so used to dealing with social media yeah. that they just rather do it there. It's like, I got a letter. What do I do with this thing? <laughs> Oh, you're talking about like, an, like a typewritten letter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably just burn them. <laughs> Toss them in the trash. I hate getting mail. Yeah, I don't even check the, the mail anymore, dude. I, I, I check it like, you know, once a month because it's like so crammed full that the wow. door won't shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just get my – pull my garbage can in there and just empty it all in. Make sure there's not a bill or something <laughs> that's like urgent. Uh, well, see, I purposely got a, a slightly smaller size mailbox so that if I get any packages, they don't put them in there. So I don't need to look in there. Yeah. Because, you know, like if I order a trade or something from Amazon, they're not going to fit in the mailbox. So she just leaves yeah. it by the front door. Yeah, it's very smart of you, Martin. Yeah, I try. I, I like to be efficient. Mine's, mine's just the right size so that if you kind of really cram it as hard as you can, you can get it in there. And I know that. <laughs> And I know that because they always do it. <laughs> and I practically have to like unscrew the mailbox apart to pry it out. But I guess if you're you know delivering packages to hundreds of houses, I'd probably do it too. Yeah, I guess you're right. Although you think like if people are spending money to buy something, you don't want to cram it into their mailbox. <laughs> it's obviously not junk, you know? Right. Anyways... Tonight, or today actually, it's only 5 o'clock, we are talking the revisionist number 3, and uh, we made a boo-boo. We said Super Zero 1 through 5, but it's actually 1 through 6. Oh, yeah. And we've got to talk, can't leave off 6, man. Yeah, can't leave off 6. That's that's the big reveal. So I guess we'll we'll start off with the revisionist. You want me to do that one, and then you recap the other one? Uh, I'm going to do a very short recap on revisionist because um i think we can get into what actually happens as we discuss the book but it's uh written by frank barbier uh art by gary brown colors by lauren affey and letters by dave sharp and uh this is uh you start getting a little more information about martin's past and his history with his dad which was kind of nice to see and you also get to see him go on a mission. Um, I guess we, we've seen like some flashbacks of his missions as a revisionist in issues one and two. But I think this is the first one where he's actually on a mission. I don't count like what happened in the last issue, a, a mission really, because it was pretty like, it was like two pages when he was right. that guy in the warehouse. Yeah. Um, but this one, the whole issue that was, is, that was like free season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so Martin is 
told by his dad that he needs to go and find this woman and revise her, which I love the term, by the way. Like what? <laughs> like he's he's just he's murdering people. Yeah. Right. Uh, but revise sounds so much better. He's he's revising the timeline. Sure. Well, sure, 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 sure. He's revising the timeline, but to revise somebody means pretty much to kill him. Yeah. Um, so he's he's at a diner trying to figure out who this woman is because his dad doesn't tell him anything. He's like, "Yep, go find this person." Bye. Because um, you know he can't. They do can't do two way communication. It's just one way. His dad from the future talking to him. So he's at this diner, and it turns out that the person that he needs to revise is running for president. And we learn a few interesting things. Like there's – his dad is like in a fortress at the end of time, and there are all these time travelers that – he's not the only one to discover time travel. So everybody else right. has discovered time travel. Um, they're – you know, going through time, changing things, and his dad is supposedly the one trying to correct all these things. Um, and I got the impression that he's kind of part of a group of people that do this. Um, I know we, we yeah. talked about Legends of Tomorrow a little bit. It seems like that kind of group, right? Um, where they just kind of, even even if things may seem like they're not for the greater good, um, yeah. like, you know, Vandal Savage has to take over Earth to prevent this alien invasion in Legends of Tomorrow. It seems kind of like that, where it might not always seem like it's the best option, but in terms of the overall timeline, it is. Yes, yeah, you know, I took it as it was a little less organized, though, than, than Legends of Tomorrow. Like, these are people who figured out, somehow they know how to time travel also, mm-hmm. and they're going back on their own not realizing the mess they're causing and being back in time. But don't they realize it? I th- that's the point we should get to. Uh, but there's some very interesting things that happen here um, with this presidential candidate who's a time traveler. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's so, funny because that's her platform, right? Like she, she's got a right. history of the past and wants to take us to the future. Um, so, you know, it's like typical political propaganda, yeah. But in the context of time travel, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and she's she's Hillary Clinton, by the way. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> she, she's the Democrat candidate for president. Of course. Ironically. Um, and she kind of looks like her. She does kind of look like her. She's also Lauren's mom, the uh, the police, uh, the guard, the prison guard that was killed. Uh, the one that was trying to help Martin get released from jail. Oh, okay. I, I You know, I knew there was a connection there. I didn't dig into it enough to figure out what it was, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, because when he first sees it, he's like, oh, my God. Right. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, you're not that person because this is this timeline is different. Um, Interesting. Although I'm, I'm still curious to know how they determine what the correct timeline is. Like, who's deciding that? <laughs> right? It's, it's obviously Martin's dad. Right. Um, anyway, so Martin – breaks into the hotel where she's staying and uh, he's going to revise her. But of course she's a time traveler and she knows that he's going to be there, uh, which I guess this is the first person that he's revised that knows he will be there, which adds a little bit of mystery to what is happening. And uh, because Lauren's there, um, he decides not to revise this woman and he puts his uh, magical time travel shield on, jumps out the window and escapes, and his dad starts yelling at him, and he turns his dad off and walks off. And that's kind of where the issue ends. Um, yeah. So it, it was pretty interesting. A little confusing at times, though, because it seems like jumping from two, issue two to this one, there must have been some time that went by, because Martin seems to really know what he's doing as a revisionist. Like, he might not yeah. know the details of why he's doing things or how they work. Right. But it, it seems pretty obvious that he's kind of done this several times. Settled, right into, his, settled into his role as the revisionist. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, which is cool. And I really enjoyed the all the scenes of his childhood. Because yeah. we, we get to see, like, what his relationship was with his mom, uh, where his dad was, which he was never around because he was mm-hmm. always – working on something, um, yeah. supposedly time travel, right? 
and yeah. we get to see that. We get to see like his first break in, and like the mm-hmm. the rush that it gave him to break in somewhere, and how he learned his lesson of what not to do when he breaks into a place, so mm-hmm. that he would be more successful the next time. And that's something that he's applying to his new career as a revisionist, right? You know, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this issue? Um, I liked it, man. Um, it's, it felt pretty, you know, even kill with the other issues so far. I think my big question when I read this right now is like, what the crap is his dad up to? Right. Like he's the, he's the big X factor right now. And he's clearly not a good guy. And he's clearly like hiding things from Martin. He doesn't know the full picture, but I don't think he's the villain of the story. That, like, that seems like that would be way too easy. So, I don't know. Some, oh, and also, speaking of the villain, I looked at, I don't know if you've seen the cover of the next issue. Yes. But that's another reason I think his dad's not the ultimate villain, because there's a guy on the cover that looks really suspicious, and he has like a moonlight, Moon Knight-looking mask on with a big trench coat and blood <laughs> all over his arms. Mm-hmm. So I think the next issue is going to introduce somebody pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his dad, I want to know what he's up to and, and what what's. I mean, the way that the way they're making him seem like a total jerk, it's just like too easy for him to be the villain. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think it was the last time we talked about this book, I kind of said that maybe he was the villain. But you're right; I, it seems like it would be way too obvious. Yeah. Especially seeing like his dad's been a complete jerk to him his whole life. Um, right. But. I don't and know he totally it, ex- he totally expects it. Right, absolutely. But I don't know if like maybe his dad doesn't realize that he's a jerk to him. You know, I think he's just yeah. so absorbed in his work that right. nothing right. else really is as important as that. And I sure. mean, to invent time travel like that's that's a pretty big accomplishment, right? So yeah, well, well, there was that one flashback where he was, you know, when he was a kid, and he just wanted to throw the football around with his dad and. His dad was like just preoccupied. He was like, "Don't you understand that like football? This is for cavemen. The stuff I'm working on is is you know holds the universe together potentially, sure. and you yeah. should be studying math instead of playing with balls." Yeah, <laughs> it reminded me of Jackpot. Like, he's, you know, he's like, "Go read a math book." Right. So you like, know, man, he's got to learn the uh, the algebra or whatever it was. Yeah, it's an yeah. intense childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's rough. Like, like I'm not trying to make an excuse for his dad. His his dad's obviously a dick, right? But, uh, and, and it's definitely shaped the way that Martin's turned out. You know, he pretty yeah. much just turned to crime to feel like he belongs somewhere. Yeah. Now, is his dad? Uh, we probably discussed this before, but is he is he alive or is he dead? Like, are are, are these holograms happening now, or are they sort of pre-recorded things? Um, it's my impression that his dad is alive, but like, that's kind of, um, relative, I guess you would say, because if he's at the that's end of right. time, then, right, right, right. you know, he, he, it could be recorded. Everything could be pre-recorded because he would already know everything that happens from now until the end of time. Yeah. But I remember the very first issue one of the transmissions, when he, he sent it to him, he said, okay, if you're receiving this, I assume that means you've succeeded in getting wherever you're at. I think it was when he was going to the top of the – when he was trying to break out of the prison or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, 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 the way he worded that, it, it sounded like he didn't really know what Martin was doing. Like it was all preconceived, like, okay, go here and do this, and if that works out, then you'll get this message. Well, so then – well, with you saying that, it makes me think that it is pre-recorded, just because of that reason. I know maybe it doesn't make much sense, but this is time travel, yeah, right? Um, you know, and this like, is in the seventies. Right. That's the time period where he's at. So his dad would have to be alive. Sure. Right. 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 At exactly. that time period. Exactly. But in in I guess I mean in his current day. Well, and so the thing is, maybe. Um, you know, the, the fact that it's a one-way communication seems weird, right? Yeah. Because um, he, he can't really talk to his dad. Yeah. I, th- I think they mentioned in one of the issues that there was a way to do two-way, uh, but it's, like, so difficult that they just don't do it. 
Yeah. But his dad said that, so it could be a lie. Right? Um, so the, the fact that it's a one-way transmission seems a little weird. Um, mm -hmm. But to your point, like, maybe, like, they've got all these things pre-recorded. It's like a, a choose-your-own-adventure book. Yeah. Right? So, like, you know, if you do this, turn to page five. If you do this, go to <laughs> right. page ten. So, like, his dad throws out this message, and if that's what it is that Martin does, then the next message um, is, like, you know, option B. But if he right. didn't get out, then the message would be option C. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah. It's uh, just a lot of uh, scenarios to work through. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios to work through, but if he's at the end of time, he's obviously got all the time in the world to do this, right? Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's an interesting thing that came up in this issue, though, that hadn't been brought up before, and it's about if people, if these time travelers stay in a particular time for too long, then they pretty much explode. They go supernova. Yeah, I so said they build up like destructive energy. Yeah. So my, my question is, is that like if they stay in one particular time or is that regardless of where they are, because they're time travelers, this happens? Well, yeah, it's because they're time travelers, because he also said that, um, you know, when he goes to kill some kill somebody, it has to be a time traveler. He has to be really careful not to kill somebody who's not a time traveler because that could also create that sort of butterfly effect and mess up the timeline. Right, because the time travelers are the ones distorting time. Right. And so if he kills somebody who's not a time traveler, uh, when when the timeline gets reset, it gets reset again because that person's not there. Yeah. Right. So the only person that's not supposed to be there is the time traveler. Um, right. And so and yeah, and he has to be careful with what he does as well. That's why he sets his hotel room fire. Yeah. Um, which that was kind of a a weird scene for me. It almost to me. I mean, I, I grew up in New York, so it looked like uh, the the World Trade Center uh, images that you know you see when the first plane explodes. And I know oh, yeah. I know it's not because this happens in in 1980. Right. Uh, this particular scene, but that was kind of interesting to see that contrast. Um, so do you think when that came up, I was like, how does this affect Martin? Right. The, the fact that he can explode. Um, yeah. It, does this end up being like a spawn thing where there's a the countdown timer whenever he uses his powers? Yeah, maybe, you know, well, because, well, I don't know about for him, but his dad starts getting very like antsy when he hasn't completed his mission in a time of matter. Like yes. his head becomes huge and he's screaming at him as loud as he can. So there, I, I mean, it has to be the same with him, right? Sure. Sure. But what's his dad's ultimate motivation? Like, what, That's what's, my question. What's it matter to him what these people are doing? Obviously, it has to impact his own future in some well, way. He also said, okay, when he talked about them storing up destructive energy that could potentially explode, he mentions, I don't have it in front of me, but he says something about when they when they could explode, it could also, like, destroy the universe. Sure, right, right, right. Which I thought, I was a little surprised by that. I thought, okay, you know, they're messing up the timeline and that's just going to change history. But he's making it sound like this explosion could destroy everything. Hmm. So... Now, I don't know how sincere he's being, but if he is sincere, then I can, you can kind of understand why he's so paranoid all the time and being a jerk. So don't you think if this were true, though, that some of these other time travelers would... Would know. Would know, right. Um, and especially well, that, this, this uh, LeBeau, the, the lady that's running for president, she seems to be more knowledgeable than the guy we met last issue about time travel. Um, but she said a very interesting thing that, you know, she knows that his dad betrayed them. Like, she, I can't remember what, what his dad's name is, but she's like, so, Levi, Levi. She's like, yeah. Levi betrayed us. And right, that, right, that's right. what the guy last issue said as well. You know, which yeah. that, that's why you keep going back and forth between, well, is the dad a villain or is he not a villain? Um, yeah. But if he's not the villain, then what's he betraying him about? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, my theory when I read this, like I said before, was that that the other time travelers, it's sort of like the wild, wild west. So some of them might know what's going on. Some of them I don't. Because he said that he invented time travel, right? And then he said, but what he didn't realize was that other people were figuring it out also. Right. So I'm making the assumption that these, some of them might have gone, might be coordinated and or, you know, tied together somehow. But I, I'm running under the assumption right now that they're all kind of, might have a little bit different views of time travel. Some of them might understand it more than, than others do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you said is very interesting that, that she, she did kind of make a similar statement to the guy from the last issue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't either. Let's see, I don't either. This is a good issue I, though. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I wanted to like have some crazy theories off this one but i can't man it's too much is up in the air right now <laughs> i just don't know where it's going yeah yep no i agree i agree you know it'd be interesting though the uh the guy on the cover for next issue's got a mask mm-hmm. what if the villain of the story is actually martin and what his dad is trying to do is prevent martin from becoming this guy by having him kill people well, somehow, the fact that um, you know, with with Martin's background, I would think that he can probably go either way on his ethical choices. He obviously has no issue killing people. I think he does. He keeps saying he doesn't want to do that anymore. Yeah, I guess that's kind of how the issue ends, right? Where he kind of doesn't want to do it. Um, but maybe his dad is trying to guide him along so as not to become this guy. You know? Yeah. Maybe this guy. Maybe. maybe this guy is like the guy that never got to talk to his father. <laughs> you know that right. when when, when Levi showed up to give him his time travel abilities, he just pretty much said "f you," like, right? Whatever. There can be only one. You know. Yeah. Um, he's like the time travel Highlander, and uh, and so that's why he's trying something else with this Martin, which I, it doesn't seem to be working. Because, I mean, at the end of the issue, he's like, F you, Dad, I'm done. Turns the machine off. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. It's just a theory. Or maybe he pulls his mask off and it's Mark Spector. <laughs> That's what I thought, man. He looked like Moon Knight to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, you have to be very careful with time travel stories. Because um, you can easily, yeah. like, fall into cliches. And uh, I don't know if, you, if you've seen oh, yeah. uh, if you've seen uh, 12 Monkeys. Not the movie. I enjoyed the, the movie, but the TV show. I saw a little bit of it. They do uh, they do an amazing job at making all the timelines fit together. Yeah. And the, the whole story is told out of order. And, you know, you meet somebody that's important, but you don't know that they're important until, you know, six episodes later. Um, right. And you get that story. It, it's done really, really well. And if you can keep up with all that stuff in this book – then mm. I think this will be just as good. And if you haven't seen 12 Monkeys, you should yeah. watch it. It's really good. Yeah. It, it kicks off a little slow, but if you stick with it, like halfway through the first season, that's when you start getting the banks. Yeah. You know, and season two has been freaking awesome too. Yeah. You know, the, the problem I had with this was that it does, it does sort of seem like a kind of typical time travel story. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, we're trying to prevent the timeline from getting messed up. And that, that kind of stuff's been done over and over and over again. So I'm waiting to figure out, like, why is this story different? Sure. Time travel is a little bit hard for me because I want something new. And it's like, I don't know, you know, how. Right. What right, right. do differently at this point? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. how. I don't know where they'll take it. Um, I, I yeah. watched a pretty interesting video about time travel recently uh, with something that I'd never seen done on TV. Um, but it's pretty much like, you know, when, in Star Trek, when they like beam people up pretty much the way that that works is they're not actually disintegrating the person and putting them back together. When you get beamed up, you're, you're completely destroyed. And what gets reintegrated is a completely new person. Um, it just so happens to have, you know, your your memories and all your memories and all that, but it's a, (laughs) it's a different person. 
Um, and I saw an interesting video about time travel recently that was kind of in that vein where every time you time travel, um, that person dies in that timeline. And so what you become is the same person in a different timeline. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not explaining it really well. If I find the video, I'll, I'll <laughs> no, put the link sense. in the show notes. Uh, but it was the way that it was done was really, really cool. Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting. And I, I would love to see that here. And that's that's why I brought up the right. maybe this guy is Martin, the bad guy, the new bad guy that I'm going to say. Um, yeah. Anyways. Wait, well, you know, I mean, I'm a time traveler. Did you know that? I, I can't go in the past, but I'll, I'll only go in the future. <laughs> I do it. I'm doing it right now, dude. I swear. <laughs> We're time traveling right now. <laughs> All right. Let's rate this puppy. Uh, I'm going to give this a four out of five. I'm, I'm loving this book. Um, every issue keeps climbing up for me. So yeah. I think I think right now it might be top three for me. And uh, I can't wait to the next one. Yeah, and I'll do four out of five also. And it's 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 not so unique like Black Eyed Kids that I'm like blown away or anything. But I think the story's told well. And I find it interesting, interesting to read. So You know what's it's, weird? Uh, Paul, who just happens to hate everything. Paul, my, my co-host on Valiant Central, um, he hates it, pretty much everything. And we've been having him read through the Aftershock books. And yeah. uh, he did not enjoy Black Eyed Kids at all. Right. But this is Strike actually one. Yeah, yeah. This is actually one of his favorites. And I'm surprised oh. because he hates time travel. Interesting. Yeah. Now, did he read Super Zero? Um, I, don't think, I don't think he started that. But we're going to start that right now. You yeah, want to give us a, Aaron? Yeah, Aaron, who he podcasts with, also loves Super Zero. We'll see how I feel about Super Zero here in a few minutes. Uh, why don't you give us a quick recap? You don't have to take too long. Okay, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's written by Amanda Connor and art by Jimmy <coughs> Palmiotti. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. They they both write it. Amanda and Jimmy write it. Um, the art is uh, Raphael De La Torre, who's doing Animosity. Oh, I thought you were saying nope. I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're right. Ah, gotcha. Yep. All right, so this is about a young high school age girl named Drew. And by the way, I I'll just go out I'll go ahead and say I love this. I think this 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 issue is a ton of fun, and mainly, largely because this girl, they've really characterized her well, and, and she's a really interesting character, um, but she's really kind of spunky and intelligent, and the whole s- story is that she's on a mission to become a superhero, <laughs> um, and she's just a normal kid. I mean, as far as you can tell in this story, there's not such a thing as superheroes, right. but she reads comic books, and she wants to become one. And she has two best friends. One is name is Kevin, and he's sort of a nerdy-looking kid um, who's nowhere near as brave as she is. And, but his dad works at NASA, and that's important for later. Yep. But then there's another girl who sort of has a broken home life, and her dad's kind of beats her. And I don't remember her name, but that's her two best friends that are kind of her accomplices. Um, and she plans to become a superhero, and the way she plans to do this is by sort of mimicking all the ways people became superheroes in comics, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a really cool idea. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so in issue one, she tries to recreate Bruce Wayne's origin story, and she hires a homeless guy named Wax to attack her parents. But she doesn't go as far as uh, having him kill them, um, so she just like tells him, to mug him yeah um but the whole thing kind of backfires and this homeless guy turns out to be a pretty good guy so he rats her out to her parents and his pair of parents actually end up taking pity on him um and inviting him to come stay at their home and take care of him a little bit while he gets back on his feet well it, it's not so much pity because they're hippies so it's more like the way they normally do things okay yeah. good point yeah. yeah um then in issue two she recreates Peter Parkins, Peter Parker's origin story, but instead of spiders, she has to get kind of creative, and she finds some fire ants, um, and then she gets admitted to a hospital, and while she's getting x-rayed, she lets all of the ants loose on her so that <laughs> under the radiation, while they bite her, 
uh, she'll get some superpowers and like all these things sort of just don't work. All it really does is make her break out into hives, um, <laughs> as you'd expect. Yeah. But meanwhile, um, she keeps kind of getting into trouble and, uh, <clears throat> oh, at one point like wax agree, wax, the homeless guy agrees to train her how to fight because he's like ex-military, we find out. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty good guy. Um, so he starts treating, tra- uh, teaching her how to defend herself, um, toughen her up a little bit. And then in issue three, she tries to recreate, I think it was one of Dr. Strange's spells yep. um, uh, by performing like a seance. And this was funny, too. Uh, she draws a pentagram on the ground and puts candles all around it and her but I think the spell required like uh, uh, animal sacrifice. Yep. And she looks around at all of her pets, and they got this like terrified look on their face. So she decides not to mess with them. Instead, she just takes some pepperonis off of her pizza and puts <laughs> it in the middle. So she doesn't have to actually kill an animal. And uh, that makes sense. Makes That's sense to me. Animal. But that one backfires also, and her dog runs and grabs the pepperonis to eat him and then he grabs a candle and he's running out around the house with a lit candle and she's like well screw this man this stuff this isn't working <laughs> um so then issue four she she says okay i guess she has to take it up a notch because all these like failed attempts so she has this crazy idea that she's going to kind of stow away on a space shuttle because remember i said before that her friend's dad works at nasa yep uh, she plans to go up into space and get a big dose of cosmic radiation. Um, like, what, what comics have done that? It was that? Uh, the Fantastic Four is what she references. Here. Ah, okay. There you go. Um, and she manages to actually pull this off, and she does it by getting a tour of the space center from her friend, from Kevin's dad. And then she sneaks off into one of the bins where they put animals, and she finds a monkey in there, and she lets it out and kind of buckles herself in. Um, and, and they take her to, you know, and they go to space, um, and the astronauts don't find her until they're already up in space and, and NASA and everyone is sort of like, you know, what the crap do we do now? There's a little girl in space. Um, I want to, I, I want to stop you there cause I don't want you okay. to get to the, I don't want you to talk about the twist yet. Okay. Cause I'm going full speed towards it. <laughs> so <laughs> skip the twist, but continue. Um, so they have no choice but to kind of keep her occupied in the shuttle um, until it returns in a few days. Uh, they can't just turn around and go back and drop her off. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, so I don't know what you want to go to, but this is where the story goes from like this lighthearted teenager story that I was like, oh, this is kind of okay. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But then it goes to something ra- way crazier, which um, I really w- got into. Yeah, and then after that last page, you're like, uh, when's the next arc coming out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, we'll, we'll start from the beginning. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. When I read the first issue, I was like, eh, I don't really want to read this anymore. And I, think I said that after, like, the first three issues. Really? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't say I don't want to read it anymore, but I was like, I could kind of take it or leave it. Well, I got that pretty quick, um, although I, I enjoy, like, her daydream sequences yeah. where she's an actual superhero. Um, her name is Paladina as a superhero. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because when, when she tries to do that spell and we see the dog, like, we saw the dog in the first issue um, because the four aliens that show up in that daydream sequence are her four pets. Uh, the cat, the hamster, the bird, and the pug. Yeah. Um, are the aliens in the astronaut suits at the beginning on the first issue? Um, so that was that was cool. Um, so I, I really enjoy those daydream sequences, but like the stuff where is actually in real life, it was kind of take it or leave it for me. Um, until like issue two, maybe, but I think by issue three. Actually, I was like, okay, this this is fine, um, because it is very lighthearted, um, and yeah. it it didn't seem to be like in my wheelhouse, right? Like, it didn't seem like I was a target audience for this. Yeah, um, because it it does seem like it's more aimed for 
younger females, I would say, mm -hmm. um, until you get to that twist, then right. it could be for anybody. Um, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a 19 year old kid who's been left back twice. So she's still in high school. Um, all her friends are younger. Like, you know, her family's crazy. Like her, her dad is a hippie and mm -hmm. he remarried and she's a hippie too. Um, her mom is kind of not in the picture. Yeah. Um, her principal like is the one that kind of takes care of her. Um, because I guess her her parents are just kind of so out there that maybe right she needs some kind of direction. Um, yeah. But like the stuff where they keep referencing comics was I thought really well done. Yeah. And, and obviously Jimmy and Amanda have been doing comics for a long time. Um, together they write Harley Quinn. Which okay. I right. don't I don't like as a book um, because it's a little too Deadpool, and you know, you know how we we're talking about Jim Carrey that one time a couple of episodes yeah. ago, like right. that's Deadpool for me and that's yeah. Harley Quinn for me, um, and it used to not be that way. Like when Harley first came out, Harley was awesome, um, but she just kind of turned into a, a DC's Deadpool, and I just I don't like that so, kind of stuff. So do you like do you like uh, Faith? Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because this gave me that vibe as well. Me too. Um, especially in the mini series, the Faith Mini, when you see all the flashbacks of her going to the comic shop and yeah. reading this and that, and then they do the those Marguerite Savage daydream sequences where she's an actual hero. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was very much like that. And actually, it's weird because I think Super Zero One and Faith Mini Series Issue One came out like the same month. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that's a little weird. Yeah, I sort of had the same same feeling with Faith. It was like I just don't know if I'm the at this point in my life I don't know if this is the right demographic for 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 me. Right. And that's how I felt about this until we got to the last two issues. Sure. Um, but like the amount of comic references in here is awesome. You know. Oh um, yeah. Obviously, like Jim and Amanda are in the industry, so they know these comics. But like you know, they right. they make fun of like Mark Wade, for example, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and yeah, like all the all the ways that she tries to become a superhero, because uh, her yeah. life is really not that interesting, yeah. right? And so yeah. of course she wants to be a superhero. Like her life yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, the most interesting thing about her life is just her and her like trouble she gets into. Sure. Everything else around her is just pretty, you know, typical. Well, and the thing is, like, she's not stupid, right? Like, I think the only reason oh, she no. got left back is because she's so concentrated on becoming a superhero right. that she comes up with all these schemes and yeah. everything else just falls by the wayside, mm -hmm. you know, because she doesn't care about anything else. She even tells the principal that, like, I don't really care if I graduate, you know, I just want right. to be a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, like, everyone's had that, you know, like, I think once you once you become an adult, you kind of grow out of it. Like, you know, secretly in the back of your mind, I still want to be Batman, but like, yeah, I'm not like doing stuff. Like I'm not dressing up as Batman or, you know, making gadgets. Um, like, yeah. You know, there are adults that cosplay and I'm, you know, that's probably some of that fantasy there as well. Yeah. Um, now the difference is though that she actually has the gall to go and try to actually pull some of this stuff off. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But she fails every time. Right. You know, um, does, because or does she? Bec well, or does she? <laughs> um, I get, should we just get to that? Sure. So the twist is that uh, she goes to NASA for a quote unquote on tour with her friend because her dad, her friend's dad works there. And she manages to sneak in to a rocket going to dock with the International Space Station. And that was actually my favorite issue of the series until that point, because like, I don't even, it's like watching a, a comedic version of like Metal Gear Solid or something, you know, like she's sneaking like through all, like all the corridors, like she knows yeah. where the cameras are, where they're not. Right. Um, she knows like she can't go in the front door. So she goes into like the engineering bay mm -hmm. um, and she gets to like the place where the animals are. And she's like, well, they're not going to let the ship take off or there's going to be an issue with the ship if there's extra weight. And so mm -hmm. I need to get rid of something to equal my weight. 
And yep. so she finds the chimp. She's like, you know, the chimp's 67 pounds. So I need to come up with like another 30 pounds to make up for my weight. So she tosses out some of the food for the animals because obviously they don't need it. She's she's there. Um, and like that was really smart. She had a scale. So she's like measuring everything. Right. Um, she thought it all through. Yeah, she, for sure. she thought it all through. And, you know, she gets up into space. Right. And that's kind of where the twist comes in. It turns out that the astronauts at the International Space Station aren't actually astronauts. Right. They're actually aliens that are mm-hmm. posing as astronauts. Um, and yep. they have a plan to bring their people over and invade Earth and use humans as food. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really funny when you get the two. Like, it's funny, but it's also awesome at the same time. Right? Yeah. Like, to... To go from a book that had nothing to do right. with we with we had like four and a half issues of just these silly little experiments. You were like, "Oh, that's cute. Yeah, right. that's kind of clever. Whatever." And then she starts. She gets into this face shot on you. are Like, "Oh, now she's getting. Now we're getting into something pretty clever." Right. Well, and her schemes have been good, but I mean, to go <laughs> to manage to get your way oh, onto no, a spaceship, right. you know. Um, it's it's pretty crazy, and uh, she actually becomes a hero at this point because she's the only person that knows that these aliens exist and that they want to invade Earth. And so she manages to get on their spaceship and like ram the space station. Um, well, now hold up. Yes. Be- before that. Oh yeah, good point. Good aliens point. catch her. Yes. Um, well, she—they think she's asleep, and she runs to chase them after she figures out that some, that they're they're kind of sneaking into their alien spaceship. When they find her, they tie her down and start doing some experiment experiments on her. Yes. And my assumption, and I, well, actually, I don't even know if this is an assumption. I think it kind of says this, but is that when they're experimenting on her, that's when she gets superpowers? Because I think her body her body chemistry reacts to what they're doing some of the stuff they're injecting her with kind of maybe a little differently than they expected. Well, and I think right after that, she gets super strength and kind of well, after they leave, she breaks out of her shackles, right? Yeah. So it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think all the schemes that we saw through each of these issues, I think they all worked. I think they all gave her like made changed her just a little bit. Yeah, and just enough where when these aliens started experimenting with her, all the stuff uh, that she had put herself through reacted with what the aliens were doing to her. Interesting. Um, because one of the aliens, when they're experimenting, is said like she tries to do something to her, and the aliens like, well, this doesn't work because like her such and such levels are really high. And, yeah. And I looked it up, and that was one of the medications that she got when she got the hives from getting bit by the ants. Yeah. And at one point, the hives come back, and they ask her, like, what's going on with these hives? Is this some reaction to being in space or whatever? And she's like, you know, no, these are from ant bites, and I don't know. They went away. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they came back now all of a sudden. Yep. So there is sort of a reoccurrence of that. Yep. And so, yeah, and so you're right. So that's when she breaks out of the shackles, and she's fighting with the alien. And that's even if you missed it with the shackles, you start to realize that there's something different yeah. about her. Because the aliens, like you know, we're ten times smarter, we're nine times stronger, and Drew just like punches her and knocks her out. Well, obviously, this yeah. little nineteen-year-old right. girl that's never fought before has to have something different about her. She can just knock this alien out. Yeah. Right. Um, but you, you still don't really see it until the very end of that issue. Right. Uh, because she manages to take care of these aliens and pretty much crash lands. Uh, the International Space Station on Earth. Yeah. Um, but when the smoke clears, there she is, naked in the fetal position, and she says, Un- I'm alive. And she's completely unharmed, not a scratch. Not a scratch. Yeah. So, really cool way to end the story. Uh, oh, I think yeah. If you stuck with it for those six issues, I think it definitely paid off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, where do, you, where do you go now? Now does it turn into a superhero story, or...? Well, it would have to, right? Right. Um, and I, like I said, I really enjoy the, the daydream sequences. Yeah. Um, and after, it's funny because after I read the last issue, I thought to myself, well, what if these weren't daydream sequences? What if these are things that actually happen 
Um, but we, they're, they're thrown in to kind of continue the illusion of, you know, her being so crazy about becoming a hero that, you know, she imagines these things. Yeah. And I guess in, in the one of the first issues, she is actually daydreaming because the teacher yells at her and she wakes up. Um, but you know, it made me wonder, like, maybe this stuff actually does happen now that she's got superpowers. Right. Um, even the stuff with, like, her pets in the first issue, because she's talking about how, I think what in the issue with the ants, she was talking about how she wanted to use radiation on her pets um, to tur- to get see if they could get superpowers. Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe that actually also does work, just like everything else maybe kind of works as well. Um, and given her powers, maybe when she did something to them, that turns them into these humanoid beings or something that we <laughs> see. I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Now, was this a mini-series, or is it an ongoing? So I was in the assumption that it's an ongoing. Um, I was too. But, but there's there's nothing solicited right. past issue six. So I don't know. Uh, but it could be on break. I think insects did that, right? They were on like a yeah. couple month break. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, this. I mean, you could end there, but it felt more of like a cliffhanger than an ending. Yeah, and actually, the end of this reminds me some of Invincible. I don't know if you've read that. I haven't. Uh, from yeah. Image, um, it's uh, not like the same, but there's some similarities. Um, like in Invincible, it's you know. If you've never read it, sorry, spoilers, but it's been running for, what, 10 years now? Right. Um, you know, his, his dad is an alien, so he's got all these superpowers from being a half-alien. Um, and so a lot of the book deals with him learning to cope with the fact that he has superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's you know a lot of twists. I mean, there's, what, 120 issues, I guess, um, in the series is ending this year, so... Um, there's a lot of twists that happens, but you know, it's, it's a, the hero's journey from just being a regular person that wants to have superpowers to being somebody that actually does have those powers. Right. Um, so yeah, it was cool. And the art, I yeah. love the art of this book, by the way. I do too. This is the kind of art I like. It's clean. Um, it's not too cartoony, but it's no. still a little playful. Yes. Um, yeah, I like it. And my only cons- go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say my only worry concern with this book is that I'm worried people won't give it time to get good because right. you know how we are now. We, I mean, there's so many comics out and there's so many good comics that, and we're impatient. Like we, we all got like more and more ADD <laughs> the further we get in life. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, and I do it too. I, yeah, I pick up a book and I'm like, ah, one or two issues. I'm like, I don't like this. I put it away. I got too much other stuff to read. Sure. And I, and I, and I probably would have done that with this if it wasn't for this podcast. <laughs> I was like, I got, I need to stick through this cause we're going to talk about it. Right. But I, I might've dropped it earlier on and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I probably would have dropped it as well. Um, but it's good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, I, I do hope that they follow it up, you know. I do, too. We'll see. We'll I see. do, too. I think they will. We'll I'll be positive. So let's read this one up. You can go first this time. Uh, I'm going to say a four, point, <laughs> a 4 out of 5, and I would probably give it higher if, I, if it didn't lose me a little bit through the first few issues. Hmm. Um, I guess where are we ranking the last issue or the whole thing? No, just six. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I say a four. Um, okay. And I loved it. I thought it was a ton of fun. And I think now, after getting all the way through five and six, made me appreciate some of the stuff uh, that I, you know, some of the stuff that happened in the first initial issues as well. Sure. But it had aliens, had sci-fi, superpowers. So, you know, those are all fun things. I thought the character development is good. Yeah. Um, so I'm right now. I'm all in on this one if it keeps going. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty good score. It means I liked it. But yeah. the, the reason I'm giving it that is because I feel like not being in my wheelhouse, it kind of seeming more like a teenage story than anything else, uh, really brought it down for me. Um, yeah. But, you know, the all the comic book references and the humor kind of balances some of that out. Um, but, yeah. 
if if I were to rate it on like the last two issues, maybe mm-hmm. I would have given it a, a higher score, maybe a four. Um, but because there was so much drawn into getting to know this character there. for five five issues before you really get anything, um, mm-hmm. just really dropped the score for me. But I, overall, it's a good book. Yeah. Good book. So would you would you would you be would you keep reading it? Uh, after what happens in issue six, absolutely. Absolutely. You uh, you ready to show, wrap the show up? Sure. Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. This has been the Aftershock Central Podcast, episode eight. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. Jack is at Jack Sutherland. I am at Geekvine. Ronnie is uh, at Ronnie MIA. 16. Yeah, he's at MIA. <laughs> uh, of course, you can email us at noreligion.com. Ooh. What did I even just say? You can email us, hello, at nerdlegion.com. Too many podcasts. You're getting them mixed up. Man, I'm telling you. And I'm about to start a new one. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, no. You're going to come in here one day and start reviewing Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want to leave us an iTunes review, please do so. We got two iTunes reviews. I was was looking, like, through all the the podcasts that we do on the network. And uh, I, I got on this one. Just to see, like, because, you know, they have the uh, the popularity meter on the episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I clicked the reviews, and there were two in there. So whoever you are, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, very much appreciated. So if you're, much. if you're on iTunes, get on there, leave a review. And uh, it helps the show get some exposure. And, uh, you know, if we get exposure, then Aftershock gets exposure. So I think that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a win-win for all of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, next week, all we have is uh, Rough, Riders. Rough Riders number five. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, and then after that, though, is a good week. That's when Alters comes out. That's right. Looking forward to that. That's right. So if Ronnie joins us next week, we'll do uh, Rough Riders, and we're going to do uh, our top Aftershock books. We're going to update our, our listings right now. I think we kind of talked a little bit about it on the first episode. Rankings. Oh, rankings. Yes, sorry. Um, Rank them. We we talked a little bit about it in the first episode, but I think uh, I think a lot has changed since then. Oh yeah. A lot has changed, so we'll we'll do that again next week. That'll wrap it up for us tonight. Until next week, send Joe some emails. Make sure yep. they're typewritten. Yeah. And have a good night. Ciao.